0: Episode 98 of the Reinventure Me podcast. You're part of a powerful story. How you tell it can make a huge difference in your next ventures. And we're going to talk about that in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 98, the second episode of 2016. Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. We are your co-hosts here. Hi, right. Armin. You got half of me here. <laughs> half of yeah. you. So uh, Larry Gates here with Sicko. <laughs> Crossed, half, dead. <laughs> half dead. Half dead. Armin. But this is exciting as... topics. I'm good. I'm good. We got this. We got this. Yeah, you know, you're not the only one, Armin. I think probably 40 uh, percent of the people I've met in the nice. last couple of weeks have just it's been insane. wiped out by something. Oh
1: my gosh! Every so one of the police departments we work with, I went to drop off a device for him. It was half the department was gone. Yeah, I had to go to the guy's house and drop it off. At his and house. I don't think I don't know if there's
0: anything worse. I mean, being sick, I'm I'm miserable when I'm sick. Yeah. I just want Anna to pay attention to <laughs> me and take care of me <laughs> and tell nurture me. <laughs> anything, but she's like, Oh, you know, she has her own things to do. <laughs> I'm like, so I, that's a big pity party when right, I get sick. For sure. Fortunately, I don't get sick that often, but I can't imagine anything worse than being sick when you, it's a holiday, you know, people are around and fun is going on and <laughs> you're laying in bed feeling miserable. But I mean, you you do actually look better than you sound, <laughs> and uh, That's good. and I hope you get over it really quickly. Well, listen, this is the podcast for what's next in life, and we want to help you discover the ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, the venture gods called you into. This is the Reinventure Me podcast. You'll find the notes for this episode at reinventure.me. By the way, when you go to reinventure.me, you'll have an opportunity. If you want to just sign up and receive the show notes automatically to your inbox, so suggest you might want to do that. I do want to announce that the Bold Idea Workshop is coming next month now to Minneapolis, to Denver, and to the San Francisco East Bay area. It is the opportunity for you to ignite, to craft, and to launch the idea that God may be putting inside of you. And we'd love to have you be a part of that. Come to boldideaworks.com and you can get more information about that. So, Armin, we're going to talk today about a story. Yes. And uh, we've been talking about doing this episode for quite some time. Yeah. And nothing really could be uh, a little better to think about when we enter 2016, because we're always talking about, you know, the ending of a year and the beginning. And so in many ways, the beginning of a year is like a new chapter in a book. Yeah. So we kind of tend to think about that culturally here, you know, it's like this new beginning at the beginning of the year and all the optimism of course we talked last week about the discouragement that comes right. we're going to talk now about kind of the opposite side of that about the power of story and the need to really think about that and we have a inspire me to share right yep here we go so it's by dan allender he said too many people are missing their story because they're watching the stories of others mm. why and- did that excite you so much well, I like that because we often love to be enthralled and entertained in other people's stories and yet don't even th- spend the time to think about our own. Yeah. And what might be w- woven through us and and as that as that is taking shape. So we want to talk about that today.
1: You know, uh, he, here's why it spoke to me is that I think too often we look at other people's success stories mm-hmm. as if we don't have a story worth sharing. Yeah. And I think one of the points that we miss is that Success
0: stories are the boringest stories. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're conditioned by our culture to be intrigued and enticed by the success stories. Of Mm -hmm. course, you know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, pretty much all social media is, is a repetition of successes, right? Right. And and adulation of opportunities to praise somebody. Sure. I, you know, when you and you and I were down in Arizona, yeah, I put out on Instagram and Facebook the picture of my feet by the, <laughs> by the pool. <laughs> that's right. That's Except right. I was in full dress gear, you know, so it was like a, <laughs> we're working, but you know, because I kind of get tired of those foot shots, you know, in the, yeah. in the beaches. But in any case, you're absolutely right. We often are tied directly to successes, and we don't really think so much about the the failures, yeah. that really are an intrinsic part of. A whole story right yeah and I, and I think it's the struggle you know that
1: that the struggle is what people relate to yes and but we never want to share our struggle because we might be judged and that's, yeah
0: you know and that's why we don't share stories and the power of story really is in the tension of something that threatens you mm-hmm. if you think about a story you know as aristotle <laughs> said a story has a beginning, a middle and an end, you know, right. and in, in the beginning, in the, in the first act of a story, you know, you encounter the character of the story and kind of all is well, or all is kind of rotten. However, that character is sure, defined. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then something happens in act two that disrupts what's going on in act one. Right. And then act three, of course, is the resolution of all that. Sure. But we tend to see people's resolution. We tend to see where they, they end up. Of course, that's, only an aberration because, you know, every story is a succession of beginnings and endings. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this podcast is about, exactly. finding your next beginning. Right. And what we want to do is help us think in terms of story. But I love what you're saying about the fact that we tend to focus on the success aspect of a story. Mm-hmm. And yet the place you identify is in the failure. That's right. Yeah. Let's illustrate this with a story, right? So when he was nine years old, his mother died. And at the age of 22, the company he worked for went bankrupt and he lost his job. All right, so already a little bit of a tragedy. At 23, he ran for state legislature in a field of 13 candidates. He came in eighth. At 24, he borrowed money to start a business with a friend. And by the end of the year, the business failed. The local sheriff seized his possession to pay off his debt. His partner soon died penniless and... He assumed his partner's share of the debt as well, and he spent the next several of his years of his life paying it off. Mm. <laughs> that was at age 20. So at age 25, he ran for state legislator again. This time he won. At age 26, he was engaged to be married, but his fiancee died before the wedding. Jeez. And the next year, he plunged into a depression and suffered a nervous breakdown. At 29, he sought to become the speaker of the state legislature, but he was defeated. At 34, he campaigned for a U.S. congressional seat representing his district and he lost at 35. He ran for Congress again. This time he won and he went to Washington and did a good job. At 39, when his term ended, he was out of a job again, and there was one term limit rule in his party. So at age 40, he tried to get a job as a commissioner of the General Land Office and was rejected. At 45, he campaigned for the U.S. Senate representing his state, and he lost by six electoral votes. Mm -hmm. At 47, he was one of the contenders for the vice presidential nominee of his party, National Convention, and he lost. Two years later, at the age of 51, after a lifetime of failure, disappointment, and loss, and still a relatively unknown outsider in his home state of Illinois, Abraham Lincoln was elected the 16th president of the United States. That's incredible. Now, that's a story because of the middle. Yeah. That's a story because of not just the, here's, you could tell the facts. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. You can tell the fact of that. Okay, and... There aren't a lot of presidents, so that's quite an achievement, right? right yeah. but what you don't know is you don't know the story. Yeah. And when you know the story, like you were talking about, the points of failure in between, mm-hmm. the richness of it emerges. And who couldn't relate to some of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, maybe your fiance didn't die before you got married or you know, <laughs> maybe you didn't get bankrupt, but you sure. can certainly relate to the pain and yeah. the loss and the tragedy and the depression and the the sense of a failure that he uh, went through, Right. but the neat thing about story is it reveals the character mm-hmm. of the person. In fact, that's why we call them characters You know, yeah. of a story, because it, it reveals something of the person.
1: Yeah, and you learn a lot about yourself. Actually, here's an interesting story about Lincoln that I learned from one of the guys in DC while I was out there, and he shared this story with me, and I was so intrigued by it. He said there's something that Abraham Lincoln learned from his past and from his past stories of failures. He realized more often than not, he wouldn't win the races that he went into for politics. He said so. And he knowing that when he ran for presidency, he said the way that he won the presidency is he went to each party and he said, if your candidate doesn't win... Because I, I don't want to be your first place, but if your candidate doesn't win, will you vote for me? Mm-hmm. Because people loved him because of the person that he was and the stories that he shared. Mm-hmm. But it was hard for him to be first place in any pool of people mm-hmm. that he was going after. So he went to each pool of people and he said, I don't want to be your first, but if your candidate doesn't win, will you vote for me? Mm-hmm. And he went to six, seven different groups and he did that over and over and over And each person that would get, wouldn't become the contender, he would get their pool of people. So the way he literally won the presidency is he asked every pool or group of people if they would allow him to be their second place vote. And that's literally how he won the presidency. But it's that's a strategy that (laughs) everyone fights against now, but it's because Lincoln
0: created it. Yeah. And it's the strategy of Avis Car Rental. Remember they used to say we're number two. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like you know, choose us when number one isn't available or around or you don't want to spend as much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it was an incredible strategy and he won because he knew his story. Yeah. Well, there you go. And if we had just shared you know, his success, that story wouldn't be very interesting. And if you just shared the failure, you wouldn't kind of get the whole story arc either, right? right? You get the sense of, oh man, this guy's a tragedy, right? But there's something about the overcoming the negative things that go on in our lives. And guess what? We all have that. Yeah, We all have the triumphs over the things that held us back. And sometimes we can get so focused on the things that hold us back or alternatively, maybe we are only focused on our triumphs. Yeah. But the thing is, is that a life is a mixture of both defeat and triumph. Mm-hmm. And that's where the power of story really comes into play. Right on.
1: There, there's so many different aspects of the power of story and why it's important. And it's, it's something that every single person, regardless of your role or who you are or what you do or whatever, it, it it's something that everyone should know how to do, and everyone has a story. Everyone has—I don't care who you are, or what your background is. Everyone has a story, and you should know how to share it because there's so there really is a power behind
0: your story. Yeah, and so why why do you suppose it's important for us to pay attention to our story here? I mean, what are some of the things that you think about there?
1: I mean, personally, one of the most important aspects of a story that I find is that it helps people connect to you, mm-hmm. and not. So a lot of times, especially in the business world, you notice people go up and they they basically read you their resume Mm -hmm. and they say, Here's why I'm so special, here's this, here's that, and it's they're 30 seconds in and you already want to shoot yourself in the brain. Right. You're like, oh God, here, here we go again, right? That's what you think. But there's those very select few people that go up there and share a story with you right away when they start talking and they immediately connect with the audience. Whether it's on a personal level where it makes you feel good or a personal level that makes you just empathize or where you empathize with the pain or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but it, you connect with that person, and then everything else they share after that you want to listen to because they, they are connected to you on a personal level, so right. that connection for
0: me is one of the most important pieces yeah, that's vital and you know you mentioned resume and you mentioned it as a as a metaphor, I think, for how people talk about themselves, yeah. but honestly, the big advice. If you're a job seeker, is to spend more time on your cover letter than you do on your resume because mm. the cover letter tells a story. Yeah, the resume is the facts. Yep. You want to put the the story together and the framework together, and that's what people see and look at and and pay attention to. Yeah, you're absolutely what, right. Yeah. You know, I didn't appreciate this early in my career because you know I had a little bit more of a scientific bias, I think, and I came, you know, I got a degree in physics and. And so I think coming from a hard sciences kind of training, everything mm-hmm. for me was just facts. Right. And I, I didn't relate story very well. I kind of frankly thought it was a waste of time. Let's just get tell people the what they get to the point, tell mm-hmm. people what they need to know and they'll do what they need to do or do what I want them to do. You know, sure, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, and the fact of the matter is <laughs> you know, <laughs> that yeah, you can't really do that because what ends up happening and what I discovered was I assume that everybody has the same context and view that I have about the world because I'm in my little story. It's like I'm in the aquarium and I don't know what it's like to be in somebody else's aquarium inside their head and all their experiences. And if we're not careful, we can just presume that everybody thinks the same way we do Mm -hmm. that. If something stirs our emotion, it will stir their emotion. And all we need to do is tell the facts of something Mm -hmm. and Really, it's vital to to that connection to be able to say no. It's not about just the facts, ma'am, as Sergeant Joe Friday would say. It's the story behind it. So sure, yeah, and that's really, as you said, how people connect.
1: Yeah, there was a, so there was a study done at the University of Pennsylvania. I hope I'm, that's the right university that I remember. But one of the professors did did a study there with all their students, and they would have ten people go up and give a speech in front of the entire student body, and each time they would, each, each person had a different style, right? And they would get off, and then they would survey the entire student body, and they would say, all right, what do you remember mm-hmm. was basically the questions. So after they did this over and over and over again, they realized 5% of the entire audience would remember the facts mm-hmm. or the stats, and 68% would mm-hmm. remember the stories. Mm-hmm. Every time they did this and they Mm -hmm. averaged it out, that's what it Mm -hmm. came to. 5% would remember the stats and the facts and 68% would remember the stories. So even if you're trying to get to the point or if you're trying to have a matter
0: of fact put it in a story,
1: Yep, it's the why behind the what that helps you connect with the people so that you can get your point across.
0: And I don't think it's any surprise that Jesus uh, mastered in storytelling. Right? I mean, uh, how could you express, you could say to the disciples, you know, God loves you. Or you can tell a story about a father whose son decides to go off and spend his money in wayward living and then discovering that that's not the way he wants to be. So maybe he'll come back home and just be a servant right. and to find the father running out, throwing his arms around him and creating a party mm-hmm. to welcome him home. Yeah. You tell that story and it speaks volumes to what kind of love we're talking about. Not sure. just the facts, yeah. but it's all of the Frame and emotion and everything that goes with it. Yeah, you, you have, you, it creates
1: a picture in your head. You can envision it. You can see the hug taking place. Yeah. You can see the embrace.
0: Yeah, right yeah. That, that's what makes. And it you can connect to being the, one of the characters in the story. Yes, you can just say, "Hey, you know, God loves you." That's not the same as identifying with the wayward kid who has no place to go mm-hmm. and finds a welcome place in the father that he had rejected. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah that's powerful.
0: It I is. love that. Yeah. yeah.
1: that's something you can remember and easily share. Here's another thing that makes the power of story so important. Once you learn how a story works, right? How to share a story and you realize it's the struggle that people connect with, you realize the greatest challenges of your life become the greatest stories of your life. Mm -hmm. And every time you start going through a challenge, you start going through a struggle, you start going through a massive discouragement or failure or whatever it is, when you start thinking in the context of a story, you realize rather than this is the worst moment of my life, you start almost seeing it as, okay, there's a story being written here that when I come out of this and when I overcome this challenge, that there's going to be someone that's going to be going through the same thing as I am and I will know how to speak to them in a way yeah. that will inspire them. Yeah. Right. Right. And that process, that mentality helps you see
0: life differently. You want to create empathy with somebody. Don't tell them you understand. Talk about a time when you might have gone through a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And your story, they'll identify with it. Right. And that's, that's empathetic.
1: Yeah, and that's power in that.
0: Mm-hmm. There sure is. Well, one of the things, I mean, that I think telling a story is important is because it really fosters and develops trust between the storyteller and the and the receiver of the story. There's an interesting survey that was done a number of years ago by the New York Times and CBS, and they asked people in general, how many people do you think are trustworthy? And the average answer was 30%. Mm. And then they asked them this question Of the people you know how many are trustworthy, right? And it shot up to 70%. Hmm. Okay, now, if you just look at averages and the people that you know, if you're yeah. talking about all those people, you ought to have the same average. Yeah. So there's something's going on here. And what's going on is if people don't know you, they're not inclined to afford trust to you, right? Mm-hmm. And trust comes from knowing you. And how do people get to know mm-hmm. who you are? They get to know you because of the story that you tell about what's going on in your life we're talking about vulnerability and all the rest but it's that muddy muddled middle <laughs> you know it's yeah. that it's that place of failure the place of overcoming that yeah. place of triumph mm-hmm. when i think about people who i think have powerful stories yeah it's always those who are vulnerable about their challenges right on and there is triumph as well when i i mean just look at the christmas cards you get for instance right? We you know, I got my batch of Christmas cards and I look through the stories that you read on the back of what the year was like for people. And the ones that are not interesting to me at all are the ones where everything isn't up. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Everything went really, sure, really well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think I, you know, all of us can probably be accused of a little bit of that because we want to give our highlights for the year. Naturally. But the yeah. ones that are most interesting are the ones that have seasons of, of, trial and and struggle. And everything's not just perfect, mm-hmm. but they're working their way through it and they're enduring, just like we read the story about Abraham Lincoln. Right. I love that. And I think
1: I'm about to basically transition us into the how-to side yeah, of things let's because do that's basically what you're talking about. So mm-hmm. you're talking about building trust. We talked about emotionally connecting. So I think we're going to deliver two different ways on the how-to side. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you have something from... Pixar that you wanted to share, but I think one of the things that's really helped me in terms of sharing a story is what I learned about Aristotle's rhetoric triangle. I don't know if you've heard of that. So, so there's, there's, there's three things that he says in, within a triangle structure that are fundamental for you to have. And he says, you need to have ethos, you need to have pathos and you need to have locos. So ethos is basically credibility or trust Pathos is basically emotion, feeling, heart, right? And then Logos just being logic, Mm -hmm. being the facts. Mm -hmm. So anytime you're going to put a story together, he basically says, here's what needs to be in place for it to be a good story. You need to have credibility and you need to have trust with your audience. You need to have something that emotionally grabs the heart of the people that you're speaking to. And it needs to be logical. It can't just be pure rhetoric, Right. right? right? And here's where I see a lot of people miss the point is, and I I like the point that you're making because you're bringing it to the point of trust rather than credibility. Most people that you see do public speaking, they spend so much time trying to be the person that's credible. Here's what I've done. Here's where I've been. My
0: resume of credentials. Right.
1: right? Where you can do the the same thing by just sharing a simple story that says, uh, here's why I'm trustworthy, right? So when I was a kid... This is a weird story, but we used to have the fire department come in and show us drills, right? Mm-hmm. And they would tell us how long they've been a fireman, why they're mm-hmm. the chief and blah, 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 blah. And they would share a story or that would be their story. Mm-hmm. And this is why you should listen to me. But I remember one year there was a fireman who walked in and he sh- uh, he literally started out by sharing a story and saying there was a fire in this house and he just helped us see this thing happening and he I, was he painted it vividly. Then. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. And we were just I, I, some of us were sweating, like the palms <laughs> of our hands were sweating, and he he choked up a bit, you uh-huh. know? And it was the story of his son. Oh, yeah. Wow. And he wasn't there. And mm-hmm. they were at the cabin and the cabin got caught on fire and the only reason his child lived was because his child took the time to listen to him, to know what to do in that kind of circumstance. And Three years prior to that, fire department came every time. I don't remember anything other than yeah, crawl. Yeah, but you
0: remember that all these years uh, yeah, because this, of that story.
1: That's sixth grade. Yeah. Sixth grade. That's yeah. how long ago. But I'll never forget that story. And he, I instantly trusted him. And he it immediately connected with my heart because he was talking about his kid who was the same age as me, basically, or maybe mm-hmm. a year younger. Right, And it was that instantaneous connection. Everything he said after that, I hung on to. And everyone, when we ran the drills, nobody was laughing, joking. I mean, we took it serious. It was incredible. It was incredible. So just all that to say that there is a way to build credibility or have credibility with someone other than giving them your, your resume. You can share a story and connect with them on an emotional level and then give them the logic to go with it. But if you have those three pieces of the
0: framework, you have a powerful where to share story. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, what you're describing with Aristotle are the three components for a successful story. Yeah. And I love what Daniel Pink put in his book to sell us human. He talks about the formula that he said every Pixar film uses. And he uses, he expresses this formula as a way for us to think about the chronology of the story and how we describe it, you know, and he mm-hmm. says the formula starts with once upon a time, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and every day, something Uh, and, and one day, so Mm. that's the turn. So every, uh, you know, once upon a time it introduces the character every day, this is what they did Mm. until one day there is a change. Mm. And because of that, they made a choice because Mm. of that, they made another choice until finally, and then that's the resolution and that's your simple three act structure Mm. of a story. And so when we're thinking about our own story, if maybe you're needing to tell the story of your business, or maybe you just need to tell the story of your heart, yeah, you can think of it in that way. You know, that at one point in time, this is how I was until one day this happened. Right. And when that happened, I had to make some choices and I struggled with it. And here's the struggle and the tension yeah. until finally a resolution. And that's the formula that I love that Daniel Pink put. And he he says, this is the story to which we need to think about how we talk about our products and services, how mm-hmm. we talk about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a great, great thing to be thinking about that way. That's right. And I think that this is the, the
1: power of story. I, I think it points to something else that people talk about often is they say, do something that you're passionate about. And if you think about uh, a reason behind why people say, go do something that you're passionate about, is when you do something that you're
0: passionate about, you share that story in a way that engages everyone. Yeah. Well, you even talked about that firefighter, and I can hear in just how you describe that story that that was a guy who had passion for what he did. Yeah. Because it was visceral. It it, it hit right home for him. Exactly. And, you know, he could identify with it. And you remember the passion that you hear in other people in their stories. Yeah. And that's a passion is really keen uh, for doing it. But you know, there's one point I think a final point we want to leave our audience thinking about here is that while we have our own stories that we construct, it's good to think about our stories. I like what Dan Allender said, because we're often so entertained by other people Mm -hmm. and their stories that we don't think about what's happening in our own life, Mm -hmm. how we might write our own story. But at the end of the day, we're all characters in a much bigger story that's right and that is the thing that's really neat to think about mm-hmm. that When we embrace the fact that we are not fully writing our story, we are in fact characters of a bigger story, Hmm. we can let go of demandingness. We can let go of fear. We can be more trusting and more hopeful, and we can embrace something that's even bigger and grander than ourselves and making our own little padded story Mm -hmm. as nice as we can. Mm -hmm. We can say, hey, we are part of something that's really, really good, and part of Our job here on earth is to discover that Mm -hmm. it's to lean forward and to say, what is this part of the venture teaching me? (laughs) That's right. I love what Henry Nowen said, and we'll just wrap up with this quote. I think sure. even though I often give in to the many fears and warnings of my world, I still believe deeply that our few years on this earth are part of a much larger event that stretches far out beyond the boundaries of our birth and death. I think of it as a mission into time, a mission that is very exhilarating and even exciting, mostly because the one who sent me on this mission is waiting for me to come home and to tell the story of what I've learned. Oh, man. Yeah, I think you can drop the mic and roll out. I, I love that. Let's just do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us. We're out. <laughs>
1: can't do anything more in the. <laughs> well,
0: we probably should put up a little bit of a challenge. We have gotten some feedback from listeners that they like the yeah. challenge part of this because we end up talking about some aspect and like, how do we anchor that? What do we do with it? What's a practical way to take this power of a story? I mean, what what would you suggest? First and foremost,
1: everybody has a story. There is not a person out there that does not have a story. And knowing that you have a story is the most important thing. But just pick the story that you want to share and go share it with someone. Whether you're a leader at uh, in a business and you want to pitch a project, pitch it with the story, the why behind the what. If you something is happening in your life that you want to share it with someone, go find your best friend, sit down with them, and share that story. But don't walk away just saying, yes, story is powerful, but don't do anything with it. Walk away saying, I have a story and share it with someone. Even if it's something as simple as starting a project, start that project with a story that will
0: make it impactful and make people excited about it. Good. Be intentional, tell your story, and listen for the stories around you as well. That's, that's right. great. Okay. Right well, listen, that's all the time that we have for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Find the show notes at reinventure.me 98. Jump there send us a, a comment about the show or leave us a review on iTunes by going to slash itunes or on Stitcher at slash stitcher and we love to get voicemails from you 612 is our show line subscribe as i said to receive our show notes at reinventure.me and this is Larry Gates and Armina Sadi and we're saying so long we'll see you next week You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.